No one thinks of a defensive battle when thinking about a matchup in Corvallis. The Husky defense unleashed pent-up anger on this prolific Oregon State offense. The defensive line demolished the Beavs up front, consistently getting into the backfield and disrupting running plays before they could develop and pressuring Jake Luton before he could get comfortable. On the other side of the ball, the Beaver defense stood stout against an offense that had been effective in the last two games. The Beaver defense was on the field for over 36 minutes and eventually wore down due to a career game from Savan Ahmed. Hey, Husky fans. This is 4th and Inches, a Husky podcast, part of Sports Illustrated Washington. I'm Trevor. And I'm Jake. And we're like Murphy and Connor. Uh, Boondock Saints. Yes. Um, uh, 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 oh, what was their na- last name? I just had to uh, look it up. Reedus? McManus. Is it Reed McManus. Remember Rocco? Yeah, yeah, of course. Rocco was the best. <laughs> did you ever did, – did he, he was a crazy, crazy dude. What do you think Rotten Tomatoes uh, – what do you think Rotten Tomatoes score is for that movie? Uh, it's got to be good. It's got to be in the 80s. It's in the 20s. No it way. It is. No. It got a one star by Rotten Tomatoes. Therefore, guess uh, what? I'm never that's... going to be going to again. Right. This that is upsetting. This show is not brought to you by Rotten Tomatoes. Today's ep- <laughs> <laughs> today's episode uh. is presented by VintageBrand.com. Vintage Brand is a sports apparel and gift brand celebrating rich history of American sport and culture. This collection includes 10,000 digitally restored, authentic vintage works of art. Reproduced on apparel, wall art, koozies, drinkware, and more. All November long, they're giving away daily $100 promo codes for new email subscribers. Relive your favorite vintage UW logos, Husky Stadium moments, and Rose Bowls. Use promo code HUSKY19 and get 20% off on all products through the end of the year. And I showed Miranda, my wife the poster that I'm getting from the 1967 game between Oregon and Washington. And when she saw it, she went, Oh, Oh. that can actually go up in the house. Yeah. Some of their Jake, I want you to kind of give the audience a feel of like my wife and her tastes and how her saying that's a pretty big deal for me. She has phenomenal taste because she has no taste for me. (laughs) So she, she really gets it. Um, what you know when it comes to her taste, man, it's well. I, she's a uh, she's an interior designer. Yeah. So so like you can't just pick something off the street, bring it home, hang it. She she'll kill you. Yep. She ain't ha- she ain't about it, about it. So, uh, you know their stuff is legit, man. Yeah. Um, I encourage you guys to go there. We got the holidays coming up. It's a really really good spot. All right, Jake, what are your initial takes from the game in Corvallis? You know, um, I was wrong. Honestly, I I thought that Easton was going to be, you know, he was going to have a fire lit under his butt, and he was going to come out just guns a-blazing, like Rocco from... <laughs> we could kill <laughs> from <Boondock> everyone. <laughs> I thought that was going to be Jake Easton. Uh, turns out, he was a little off. 
Um, you know, but I, I honestly, I didn't care how the offense played because of the performance that the defense put together and the way that they stifled Oregon state was exactly what I said the defense was going to do. So I was half right. You were, you, and you really <laughs> picked up on Joe Tryon. I did. Yeah. Joe Tryon seems to be at the right time for us, man. Uh, he's, he's playing really well off the edge where he's, he's taking an outside rush running around guys. He has the ability to, to uh, run around guys. But then when they start getting savvy to it, he starts cutting inside, making a move, pretending like he's going outside, swims underneath and gets to the quarterback, gets home. And he's getting home, which is the good part. Him and Ryan Bowman. But this defense, man, it was nails all day. You know, the defensive line pressure was getting home. We got so much pressure on Lutton with the four-man front. And then, you know, who I was really impressed with was Keith Taylor. You know, we we talked about those receivers that Oregon State has. And I asked you, is Keith Taylor going to be able to shut one of their main guys down? And he absolutely did. And it was awesome to see. And Petros was talking about that it was actually uh, Trent McDuffie that was being lined up with him quite a bit. And that entire secondary was able to limit him to his worst game of the season. Well, it's hard to get a receiver a ball when you don't have any time to throw. You know, and that's uh, – I'm going to get into that a little bit later with some of the stuff I saw with the defense. But because Luton was under pressure so quickly, there – he was off when he did have a little bit of time, and that was uh, exactly what Washington wanted to do. Yeah. So, Jake, let's, uh, let's take a look at the offense. I thought that deep ball to Andre Bocelli, who – Got tangled up a little bit. Uh, should have definitely made that catch. That would have been a big, uh, a big play for Washington going forward with the offense. I think we feel better about that game. Yeah. But that was definitely foreshadowing to what was going to happen for the rest of the game in the um, when it came to the passing game because there was a lot of drops by this Washington receiving core, and um, they were not helped by Jacob Eason, who was throwing the ball in uh, in not the pockets that he should. I know that some of the drops were. Uh, I think of the one to Terrell Bynum uh, on that third down. He threw the ball up above his shoulders. Well, that ball needed to be right in Bynum's chest so he could use that tunnel screen that was being set up for him. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I think if Bocelli would have come down with that ball, it would have set the momentum up really well yep. for our offense, and we would you would have probably seen a rhythm start a lot quicker for this offense. It just seemed like no matter what we did offensively, other than – Bachman running the ball, we couldn't find a rhythm. There was no rhythm in the passing game. We're not even talking about how bad the offense played if Easton doesn't even turn the ball over. If he doesn't turn that ball over, Oregon State doesn't score the entire game, and we shut them yeah. down, we shut him out, and we can win twenty to nothing, and. It's not even a game, and nobody cares about what the offense did because of how well the defense played. But the fact that we gave them seven, the fact that it was 13-7 for a little while in the game made it a little nerve-wracking, like, hey, Oregon State is one score away from winning this game. The, the drops by the receivers all season have been incredibly untimely. It, sh- it showed its face again during the game 
And if the receivers can just catch the balls that they're supposed to catch, this offense can find it can start finding a rhythm and it can start scoring in bigger chunks a lot more. With Rashid and Spates, they were all over the field disrupting um, Jacob Eason's timing. Obar yeah. Spates had uh, 18 tackles on the day on Eason, but they were around him. And then um, Nashawn right back, that that rangy defensive back that Oregon State had who had uh, one of the interceptions was a big deal for them. Uh, he was able to uh, take away some of the things that Washington wanted to do. Um, it was really interesting, the pick six, because you saw in that set, um, Fuller was in motion. You knew, I knew what they were going to try to do. I knew they were going to try to hit him in the flat and get him enough space to get that first down. Um, but unfortunately, I think with some of the insider knowledge that Jonathan Smith has, he had some keys into what that set was going to look for. Uh, Jadon Grant to be able to uh, recognize what was coming and get in front of that ball for an easy pick six. And give Oregon State's credit, the defense that it kind of deserved. You know, they really yeah. – they. I mean, that, that linebacking core is something special. And, and they've really had a phenomenal game against us. They – and Spates is a freshman. Right. You know, Ahmed's got big numbers, but a lot of that comes off of just a couple of runs. You know, he had that 60-yard run for the touchdown. So, if 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 cut down those big plays, those big chunk plays that passed to Hunter Bryant, this game is a lot closer. We're not sure about the offense how it played, why it played so poorly. What? Tell me about the defense. This defense was stupendous last night. Oregon State's offense had only been held in check one other time this year, and that was against Utah. And Washington's defense was absolutely dominant from start to finish in this game. Um, Joe Tryon definitely deserves the lion's share of the credit. But Levi Onruzarike was an absolute terror for J- uh, Jake Luton and that running game. And Ryan Bowman was also in the backfield consistently most of the game. The, the front four for Washington in this game was in the backfield consistently disrupting everything that Oregon State wanted to do. With having so much going on in the pocket, with that Oregon State offensive line not being able to contain that front four, it gave Jake Luton very little time to set his feet. And even when he had time to make a play, he was off on his throws because his rhythm wasn't set. And it started from the first throw to Isaiah Hodgins of the game, where uh, Hodgins was on the right side of the line, and they threw a first down pass. It was a pass would have been a first down uh it was behind him and it wasn't a catchable ball and you saw that time and time again another one that i'd like to highlight would be the the champ fleming's third down in the flat where he was able when he got broke his route he had a first down but luton's pass was behind he had to go back and get it and keith taylor was able to grab him hold on to him until the Husky defenders were able to take him down for a fourth down. The, the absolute stars of the game is that front four, namely Joe Tryon. 
but be and because of the work that they were able to do that gave every other position group the middle linebackers the defensive backs uh the ability to to experience a ton of success um you saw a lot more ulufushio in this game he ended up the lead tackler on the day and because of the uh the the Oregon State offensive line couldn't find those running lanes they held a two-headed running back monster in check all game. Yeah, I for the first time this year, I was incredibly, incredibly impressed with the inside linebackers. I thought they yeah. played a phenomenal game. They were all over the field. They made the tackles. You saw Jackson Sermon in there a couple more times this game, which is good to see because I really like the way that that kid plays. I really like the way that that defensive line played, man. I really, it was unbelievable. I really like the mix of Joe Tryon and Ryan Bowman. Oh yeah, they were disruptive. Um, Joe Tryon got the the bulk of the tackles, but Ryan Bowman was just as disruptive. On one of Tryon's uh, tackle for losses, um, the reason why he was able to to finish that play is because Bowman got there first and froze that running back. Yeah. And he ended up with a half a tackle for loss on it as well. Elijah Molden had a really nice day. Yeah. All of our secondary had a pretty nice day, but Elijah Molden with that interception in the first half, it was a great play too. It was a phenomenal read. He never once got turned around or anything on that play. He read that play from start to finish until he intercepted the ball. He's a really smart player. He's a very smart player. It was it was really weird, you know, in the last couple of weeks with the defensive backs getting exposed a little bit in some of these plays. Elijah Molden, when he is out of position, it's really kind of a it's a shock to me. Yeah. So I I'm totally with you. He should have a couple more interceptions. He dropped a few earlier in the year. Yeah. He just seems to know where to be. Uh, especially, I think he's really really good at playing that zone defense and he knows kind of the tendencies of where this quarterback wants to go when it comes to his timing. And he was able to just jump that route. Well, it shows how smart he is as when it comes to the game because of how many tackles he gets in a game, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, right. he's a, he's a cornerback. He's a nickel corner. And I'm the defense is set up so that he can break a lot of the time away and kind of, Blitz a lot, run, run, defend a lot, but he's always around the ball. And that, as, as a cornerback, is extremely impressive. You know, it's really interesting some of the ways that this defense has evolved through this year. I thought that Miles Bryant has really become more of that safety. Uh, I think they're seeing that he needs to help some of these young corners on that left side of the defense. Uh, of the secondary. So I, I think it's taken away some of his playmaking abilities. Uh, he only recorded one tackle. Uh, I can think off the top of my head, he blitzed once. Um, but I'm really think I, from what I'm seeing is they're kind of switching him to a place where he's over the top uh, of the try, receiver, over the top a little bit yep. more. And I think that's, uh, and of course, just, Elijah Molden being in that uh, more of that slot, the inside corner, 
he's been able to make some of those tackles on uh, on running backs as well. So, I mean, he's playing. I think he's having a, a great year. Yeah, to tie this defensive effort up in a bow, uh, Oregon State's offense only got six first downs on the day. Uh, Luton was picked off for only the second time this year. He was held at just 88 yards. Isaiah Hodgins was held to 33 yards. Jefferson, uh, Jamar Jefferson, nine carries, 39 yards. Artavis Pierce, eight carries, 31 yards. And Jake, in the second half, the Washington defense gave up 19 yards. It was a very inspiring performance by the defense. Holy cow. I really, really appreciated watching this football game. Low scoring, hard hitting. This is what defenses are supposed to be. And this is how football is supposed to be played. And I had a blast watching this game. I'm, I'm literally watching it right now as we're doing the podcast for like the second or third time. Jake, what was your turning point of the game? For the offensive side. You know, it's got to be that interception. Um, Oregon State has done nothing to threaten you at all on on the defensive end the entire game. So the only way that they get a score the entire game is from our offense. And it kind of set us back a little bit, and it made that rhythm kind of disappear even more than, you know, it's already had. It put a lot more pressure on our defense to step up because it, at that time it was a one-score game. So the defense had to pony up even more than it already did. Fortunately for us, they did, and they didn't allow Oregon State to get rolling at all. But if we don't turn the ball over and we drive down their, their throats at that point in the game, we really break Oregon State's back, and we, we start to see them – kind of play unenthusiastic because of that play. You saw Oregon state come out with a little bit more fire kind of brought their, like you said, it brought their crowd back into it. They brought out their turnover chainsaw, which is amazing. (laughs) Right. That doesn't even have a chain on it, but uh, you know, if it's not for that interception, I think we see Oregon state disappear a lot faster in this game. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you because that, at that point, it gave Oregon State hope. Oregon State's defense was still flying around, even though it seemed like they were on the field the entire game. Um, yeah. The thing about that interception was you're hoping, okay, here comes the turning point. It's going to be Washington. It's going to uh, – the, the whole time, Oregon – or Washington's – receivers looked frustrated i saw a lot of clapping i saw a lot of uh not necessarily poor body language but you could tell that they were frustrated but what i loved to see was jacob eason was clapping to his guys he was encouraging them to stay up and even after the um even after the interception he was still being a really really good leader uh he was on the sidelines clapping after that then they go out and they uh they are forced to punt again. And the defense was like stout. I mean, they got right. the, they punted and they, they, uh, Washington forced another three and out. Then the next, mm-hmm. uh, Washington gets it back one play, 60 yards. Savan Ahmed closes the door. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think that was a turning point where I, I, 
it, it it's all it it sets up for the rest of the game and it really shows some of the composure that Washington had in this game. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and it's not a turning point that propelled Washington to a win. No. But I do think it was noteworthy just because of the way that Oregon State's offense had been reeling and we just flat out helped out Oregon State. You know, and if we can if we can cut those out, it's really gonna pay dividends for this offense. They had more yards on that pick six than their offense did in the entire second half. Right. That's unbelievable. Right. Right. So what's yours, Trev? Let's hear your turning point. So my turn defensively. My turning point was the uh in the very beginning of the game in the first quarter, Oregon state lines up to, uh, to go on a fourth and three. And uh, Keith Taylor is on an Island on the right side of the formation. The Huskies had four Ulufosio and sermon are, are at the middle linebacker positions. And then you had McDuffie Molden uh, with, uh, against the trips with Bryant above. Um, and then you had Cam Williams, interestingly enough, as that deep man. Now, on that play, they brought Sermon uh, on a blitz, and Ulufusio blitzed a little bit later. But they snuck Pierce out into the flat. And you really saw the maturation of Joe Tryon. Because Joe Tryon takes about yeah. three steps in, sees that that guy's going out. He has the flat. His responsibility is the flat there. He's able to go out. And because Sermon's, uh, because of Sermon's rush, Luton had to let that ball go, even though Tryon had been there. So, I mean, Pierce makes the catch and is immediately tackled for a turnover on downs. And, you know, there's lots of other turning points of the game, but I thought that was such a beautiful um, example of Washington's defensive coaches bringing Joe Tryon along. Because you think about that Cal game where Joe Tryon – we didn't know what he was doing. He ran right past the running back before he got the ball. And you're like, what's going on with Joe Tryon? Is, is he just going to be a one trick um, only rush the passer kind of guy? And that's, you know, Mm. if, if he becomes that uh, you know, he's, he's, he's going to see less reps. He's going to obviously be less effective and teams will be able to, 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 exploit that deficiency in his game uh and that set the tone for the rest of the game oregon state wants no part of joe tryon for the rest of his career um he destroyed that offense no and 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 to kind of pony or piggyback onto onto your cal description of joe tryon i remember talking to you and asking what is he doing yeah what's his one job and that was to set the edge yeah and he wasn't doing it. Mm-hmm. He was running. He was running across the field, not upfield, to contain the the running back. But he was running across the field to chase the play and to try to make a tackle. And he got torched around the outside, what like five times that game. It was it was tough. And what I what what I saw from Joe Tryon, and we talked about this, is it was like he he knew what his job was, and he he could not improvise. So like I'm yeah. gonna go after the passer here, or uh, and and so when that ball and I'll never forget that play because when the ball was handed off, 
he made no adjustments. He just kept running straight. And yeah. that just shows the maturation process of a really fantastic player. And yeah. in the second half, Petros Papadakis kept talking about how long his arms are. And he's like, those things are basically legs. <laughs> I love Petros. Oh, yeah. It, we've always known that Joe Tryon was a physical specimen. It was just, can he put all of the toolage together to become a special player? And you've really seen it the last couple of weeks really come together for him. You saw it in Oregon. He had a pretty good game. Utah, he, the first half, was it was a phenomenal first half. But could he put it together for an entire game? And he just did. Yeah, he absolutely did. He had a complete game of pure dominance, and I loved seeing it. Yeah, my defensive player. And I'm guessing very easy. Right, I was just gonna say. I'm guessing I know who your defensive player of the game is. Awesome, Jake. You ready to get to raids? I am. All right, Jake. What do you give the quarterback? I'm gonna give the quarterback a D. Sixteen for thirty-two, fifty percent completion rate, one hundred seventy-five yards. Two interceptions, no touchdowns. Yeah. That does not scream like a good day. No. I mean, I'm not much of a statistician, but, uh, you know, if I'm looking at stats, that just doesn't scream to me like, hey, man, Eason had a really good day. No. No. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we need to go into any deeper into that. He just struggled. I'm just going to highlight one more time that, Although he was off, I did appreciate his leadership. His leadership. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jake I'm not gonna I'm not gonna up his grade because of his leadership. No, you're absolutely though. right. But um yeah, I I think we've we've talked about the quarterback. I got a question for you before we move on to the running back. Okay. If we look at quarterback comparison, you got Eason on the winning team, sixteen for thirty two, one seventy five, two interceptions. And then you got Jake Lutton, 19-28, 88 yards, and one interception. Who had the worst day? Luton, and that's not close. Not close. No. At all. No. He had one less interception and a better completion percentage. If, you'd, if you're a quarterback and you're throwing less than 100 yards in today's day and age, yeah. you've had a really bad day. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So you give Lutton an at. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I give right. I give the Fair entire enough. offense an F. So Jake, I don't feel like we've given the running backs enough airtime on this uh, podcast because they were so dominant in this game. So Jake, why don't you go ahead and talk about the running backs for a little bit? What do you got for them? Yeah, I give the running I give them an A plus. Yeah. Uh, Savon Ahmed, man, twenty five carries, hundred seventy four yards. He averaged seven yards a touch. Yeah. Two touchdowns with a long of 60. Yeah. That is an incredible day. Richard Newton, 17 carries, 54 yards. His average was a lot less. He had a 3.2-yard average. Um, Not great. But these guys balled out all day. You saw the wildcat formation again. with Even with Richard Newton, it didn't work. Right. That was probably the only part of the rushing game that I felt was – unsuccessful the entire game. But other than that, man, Savan Ahmed has proven me wrong. At the start of the year, I didn't think that he was the type of running back that could run in between the tackles. And he's showing 
that I know nothing about. Him. <laughs> uh, I think he took it as a personal vendetta against me, <laughs> and I don't blame him. But he's absolutely the workhorse back of this offense, and he's proven that he has the ability to carry an offense. He put the entire offense on his back yesterday. You could have given the guy 45 carries, and he could have gone for 220 yards, and, and you wouldn't have seen him tucker out at all. I think he has that, that ability in him to where he's such a physical specimen that he can just keep going at the rate that he's started the game. You know, we talked a little bit about Richard Newton and how he's so violent in the way that he runs. And so, like, when he, when he runs, it's just so much fun to watch, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Savon Ahmed has, has been really showing in the last few weeks that he's got a little bit of Miles Gaskin in him. Um, I'm starting yeah. to see him slow down a little bit and not doing the jitterbug, but waiting for that hole to open and then exploding through it. And, yeah. you know, Washington's offense was on the field for so long, and Savon Ahmed was so efficient that this Beaver defense that was playing well just absolutely wore down and it's absolutely on the backs of this offensive line when it comes to road grading and Savon Ahmed and Richard Newton. And hopefully soon Sean McGrew. I saw him out there for, he was out on a kickoff, um, but he, yeah. he didn't, I don't, I, I can't remember a play that he was in uh, on the offense. All right, Jake, what do you got for run uh, wide receivers? I'm going to lump them in the same grade as the quarterback. Okay. I'm going to give them a D. Okay. Uh, you know, I, the case of the drops really, really hurt. You had two receivers, actual receivers, who record a catch on the day. We're back to that train, so that's cool. Uh, but it should have been three. Bocce- it should have been. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Bocelli absolutely should have. He had two chances at that ball. He should have caught both. He caught neither. Yeah. And then Jordan Chin, um, the other interception uh, was was it thrown to Jordan, Jordan Chin. Chin. Yeah, yeah. But you had Trill Bynum four catches, thirty one yards. Uh, he had, I think, two drops on the day. And then you had Aaron Fuller had three for twenty five right. with a long of eleven, and he also had drops. The crossing route that you had mentioned earlier. The receivers just aren't getting the job done. I like Terrell Bynum a lot. I think he, he is a phenomenal possession wide receiver. But I think that's what he is, is oh. a possession wide oh, receiver. Oh, yeah. And I think he's you know? going to be really good at it. I do too. But without Puka's big playing ability, without Fuller being a big play guy, I, I don't. I, I'm tired. I don't want to see them throw crossing routes to him anymore. I just want to see them throw deep to Fuller. This team just doesn't have the wide receiver depth that we are looking for right now, and for some reason, we're not seeing some of the guys get a lot of time. And I don't know if that's because they're just giving Fuller his send off to her or what it is. But you know, I, I'm still clamoring for a couple more wide receivers. I'm glad that we're seeing a little bit more of Jordan Chin. I want more of that. I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of praise there because you talked about the linebackers um, being really disruptive in the passing game. And I think one of the reasons why you're lumping the quarterbacks and the wide receivers down at a D is because 
the flow wasn't there on either end for them to be super successful. So I, I thought that those two Beaver linebackers did their job. And, and that's why you saw not a ton of production coming out of the passing game overall. Yeah, but it's also the linebackers that gave up 175 rushing yards. To- that, that was coming on the pass rush, and, and their pass rush was good. This offensive line just absolutely dominated in the run game, and, and Oregon State really had a hard time with it. Jake, what do you give the tight ends? Hunter Bryant did have a bunch of drops, but if you look at Hunter Bryant had five catches, 90 yards, yeah. and Kate Otten had four catches, 29 yards. That's over 100 yards of reception or of receiving yards for a tight end group. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Pretty good numbers. That's a good point. It might not be an A, but it's probably a B plus. If you get rid of Hunter Bryant almost made a really spectacular catch down the sideline with the defender draped all over him. If you yeah. would have caught that, I probably give them an A. Even with the drops that they had that not not they that Hunter Bryant had. Kate Otten doesn't drop a ball. Cotton. Cotton. Dude. Cotton, Cotton, the, the dude has maybe the best hands on the team. Man. I think his catch percentage of catchable balls is like 99%. That dude, he he's so freaking tough. Yeah. Dude, that dude is like the exact type of tight end I want on my NFL team. Yeah. Um, he just reminds me of Will Disley and Drew Sample with the yeah. way that he can, yeah, he, can I, pa- he can block and he just he catches everything. Uh, Jake, what do you give the offensive line? <laughs> That's okay. uh, you know, I kind of give them – I, I got to give them a B on the day just because the passing attack wasn't there the whole game. I don't think that was because of a ton of pressure. But as the offense goes, our offensive line grade goes, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they they definitely road graded the entire day for Ackman. And, um, you know, the 175 passing yards with, with – Jake Eason as at, at your quarterback, you know, that's, that's, that's tough, man. That hurts. And the Beaver defense was ranked nationally 104th out right. of 130 teams. Right. Yeah. This, we both thought coming into this game that it was going to be an offensive showcase. They played, they played inspired their defense, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to score on these. You know, I, I'm kind of with you. I like that grade because I think offensive, the offensive line, if you were going to do running, uh, like on running plays, what would you give them? A. And on passing? C. A B is perfect. Okay, let's move on to the defense, huh? Sure. This is going to be really easy. Give. Do we go A, cro- a plus across the board? Um, no. And I'll tell you do why. We just want to make you, you why. Let's just make let's just make you obsolete. Give the defense an A plus. This is fourth and inches. A Husky <laughs> podcast. Bye bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me why you don't want to give the offense as a cohesive unit an A plus. Um, because I want to highlight how good the defensive line is and how well you, they played. They get an A when you, plus. When, plus, when plus, you plus. said that. All I heard was, I want more airtime. Yeah. We're on Sports Illustrated, baby. (laughs) I need to be heard. (laughs) Tell tell me about that defensive line. Go on. Go on, airtime. Let's go. (laughs) 
Tell me about that that defensive. So line. the reason I don't want to give everybody an A plus, every spoiler alert, everybody gets an A. All right, everybody's getting an A. But I do a thing in class where if a kid goes a little bit above and beyond in math, especially when I'm in that third grade classroom, I give them, I call them the star student, and it's oh. it's for stuff like if when they answer they use a complete sentence. I'm like, oh, there's my star student, my star my star group today. That's the defensive line. Um, all of them across the board, Tuli and Taki um, were in the backfield. Levi was all over the place. I don't also, Levi's also becoming my favorite player. He's got that Greg Gaines, my face doesn't quite fit in my helmet look to him. <laughs> oh man, I can't he get does. enough of Levi Holmuzarike. <laughs> he is the coolest Why? thing on the field. Why do we have every year a defensive player that can't fit his head inside of the helmet? I love it. I think I, his head, like what size do you think his hat is? Like a 13? I don't know. Let's ask him and send him a fourth and inches hat, man. Um, I don't think they make him big <laughs> enough. And then, of course, the outside linebackers, uh, the stars of the show, Joe Tryon and Ryan Bowman, made oh life terrible for Jake Luton. We've gone over it. A pluses, however many you want to give them. This defensive line was absolutely dominant against a really good defense, uh, offense. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this D-line. Just, it just was artwork yeah. all day. You know, just just disruptive the entire day. Joe Tryon is exactly what I think an outside linebacker for this team should be. Yeah, absolutely. Inside linebacker. You got to give him an A. How do you give him anything other than an A? I, I totally they agree. They blanked everybody. Ulufusio was all over the ball. He led the team in tackles. Um, Jackson Sermon was a force. He was disruptive. The defense and even Kyler Manu and Brandon Wellington, no, they didn't have the numbers that those guys had, but they were still disruptive. They were able in coverage to do their job to limit this Oregon State offense to literally nothing. I really like Ulufusio out there on defense. I'm glad to see that they're not getting torched on screen passes because you'd seen a lot of that earlier. Utah really exposed them as yep. far as over-pursuing, and that's essentially what hurt us against Utah. And Oregon State um, started with a successful 10-yard they, run. They tried. And it worked. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah. Washington closed the door. Made the adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 love, I love your grade for that inside linebacker core. I think they absolutely deserve it. When that. your defense gives up zero uh, points, it's really easy. Right. It's a good day for your defense when your offense gives up more points <laughs> than the away team or the other team than your defense. Yeah, you're absolutely does, right. You know? yeah. Tell me about them corners. What's your grade? Uh, the entire defensive backfield gets an A. Um, they, they limited the, I would say, the best wide receiver in this conference to his worst game with four catches and 36 yards. That's dominant. Yeah. Um, the I don't agree with that comment. I think Michael Pittman is probably the best receiver in this conference. I think Michael Pittman is – I mean, it's arguable, but the reason why I think Isaiah Hodgins is the best is because the entire defense knows where Jake Luton wants to go with the ball, and, and he's and still he's catching, still catching the ball. The ball. Um, more talented, yeah, I, who's going to be better in the pros? I don't know. Um, there's an argument to be made, but my opinion is Isaiah Hodgins is the best player, best receiver in this conference, and they shut him down. Shoot, they shut down uh, yeah. Micah Pittman too. So whatever this uh, this defensive backfield, it's really easy to cover for two seconds, 
and this defensive right. line made their lives really easy. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. So that's why the defensive line gets you stars. Exactly. They didn't. They didn't just help themselves out, but they also helped out the second. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, Jake, who's your player of the game? You gotta go. You gotta go, Ahmed, man. Yeah. I mean, as far as offense goes. That was really the only shining part to the entire offense. Ahmed gets my uh, special player star award that Trevor's handing out Uh, willy-nilly like orange slices and Capri Suns. Let's just give everybody a star, okay, bud? Let's just just do that. Uh, it's clearly Ahmed. Ahmed is was the shining point to this offense. Um, there wasn't much outside of him being successful, so you're kind of handcuffed to picking your defensive player of the game. <laughs> I mean, this one's easy. Joe Tryon was the, the second leading tackler on the team with seven tackles. Yeah. He had two sacks and four and a half tackles for loss. The guy was all over yeah. the field. I can't. I. The uh, the episode title just might be Joe Tryon. I mean, he had an absolutely dominating game. I almost think that I'd give it to – I mean, you can't take it away from Joe Tryon. No. But I really liked Elijah Molden. He, he played well. I think that the kid is a super savvy kid. He knows the game of football really well, and it shows – how smart and intelligent he is while he's playing. His job was made much easier because of Joe Tryon. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fair point. Fair point. All right, guys, we'll be back on Thursday. We're going to go over more of what happened in the Husky hoops game. And uh, we got some other awesome stuff for you. As we get those done, we'll let you know. Go dogs. Go dogs.